Friday night at patios, Michelle and Brad Thompson and I had a great time with Adam Wainwright's Big League Impact Trivia Night, a big success, and it was a lot of fun. And Adam joins us now, as he does every Wednesday on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Mr. Wainwright. How are you? Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. So one of the questions that I was most proud of being able to answer was about one of the first skyscrapers in St. Louis being the 10-story Wainwright building. Do you drive by that and say, hey, that's mine? (laughs) I actually get a lot of questions about that. Like, hey, was that like your great-grandfather that built that building? Like, I don't think so. (laughs) You should claim it, though. Why not? Yeah, I could claim it. I could claim it. I had one embarrassing moment at the trivia night the other day. Uh, I was one of the ones that read the questions, you know, on on some of the questions. And and I read the question about Dizzy and and Dazzy, what was their real names, and uh, the Dean brothers. And I I read the answer and everything. But then, you know, two weeks later, I don't know the answer. (laughs) Oh, no, you missed it with your group? We didn't even know that, Adam. <laughs> yeah, we missed that one. Oh, we, we didn't know that? No, with the group back in the private room. That's, that's what I'm funny. saying. Wayne was with the group, and he didn't know that. Well, thank you for your transparency. <laughs> we appreciate you being so honest. Um, and congratulations on such a successful event. You and the crew at Big League Impact are just top-notch. It was a wonderful night, and hopefully we raised a lot of money for Big League Impact. But I also wanted to congratulate you, Adam, because you've done it. You and Yadier Molina were part of perhaps the greatest advertisement that's ever been made. A lot of people in St. Louis really loved the Budweiser Best Bud commercial that you two were in. Tell about what it was like making that man that is like i mean you know i'm probably a a lot of bias but i think that's one of the best ads i've ever seen they did such a good job on that i mean that was a and it was a fun time filming it too because you know just hanging with yachty and and you know that they uh for the one scene where you see us laughing um the you know we're, we're doing these kind of still shots or whatever and then he's like all right hey uh we're gonna start filming um uh, if you could just, uh, you know, laugh, and I'm like, just, you just want us to start laughing. He's like, yeah, just start, just start laughing, and I'm like, well, I mean, we're supposed to be talking, right? And I was, and he was like, yeah, and I, so I'm like, well, so I got to tr- try to figure out a way to make Yachty laugh, and he's like, yeah, or you can just fake it, and I'm like, yeah, if we fake it, it's gonna look, it's not gonna look right, you know. So I started asking Yachty what his favorite stuff is. And I said, what's your favorite animal? And he says, a tiger. And then right before they go to that shot, I go, really? I said, I had you for more like a bunny rabbit guy. And he, <laughs> he started laughing like a real laugh. And they've got that on film. That's what you see on the TV right there. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a good, it was a good time hanging out with Yacht and, and the crew. The crew did a great job and, and uh, made us look good. And, you know, we're super professional. But that that – commercial is really awesome. I'm super that's cool. It's yeah, great. It's great. Okay, well you and Yachty, best bud, 17 seasons, so we wanted to give you a little best friend quiz to see how well you truly do know Yachty. Alright. Okay, question number one. When is Yachty or Molina's birthday? <laughs> Did I stump you already? <laughs> July 14th? It's July 13th. Very close. Good. Okay. Very close. Right. But you know what, Adam? You might want to put that one in your phone because it's coming up. So make sure that you know it. Okay. I knew it was mid. I knew it was like right there in that mid-July day. Okay. Now, the next couple, we want you to just tell us about your best friend. So is Yachty a call, text, or FaceTime guy? 
Oh, um, you know, he's probably more. I mean, you can you can get a hold of him better texting sometimes, but he's a, he's very much a FaceTime guy. I love that. I would not have taken Yadier Molina for a FaceTime guy. That's surprising. Okay, next one. What is Yadier's biggest pet peeve? Shaking him off. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I buy that one. Yeah, Yeah, I buy that one. And finally, if Yadier was a cocktail or a drink, what would he be? Oh, there ain't no doubt about it. Johnny Walker Blue Scotch. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Great. So we've learned a little bit about Yachty this morning. That's great. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Wait, I want to ask you about your pitching philosophy. I was watching Ron Darling the other night on MLB Network, and he was talking about how if he had two out and he would see Mike Schmidt, who was the number three hitter for the Phillies in the first inning, if there wasn't anybody on, he would hold something back because he knew he was going to see Schmidt later in the game and wanted to have some some pitches in the holster for him. Do you ever do that? If you get the first two guys, do you play it differently with a number three hitter if there's nobody on base because you're going to see a guy later? Nope, I don't. I've uh, I have uh, tried that in the past and. What ends up happening is when I when I try to hold back stuff for later, I end up not pitching later. You know what I mean? I, I got to get those guys out right away, and then worry about the next at bat the next time we get there. But you know, when you have when you have multiple ways of getting people out, and you can make pitches to different quadrants and change speeds, then you can always add a different wrinkle into the, even the same stuff that you you know got them out with before. What do you think of the philosophy, and Tampa Bay most famously utilized this philosophy in the World Series a few years ago, of not allowing a pitcher to see a lineup the third time through? Well, it depends on the guy. Um, I mean, there's some guys that are that are definitely one or two times through guys, seemingly, that, you know, just uh, – I don't know if that's just a, a thing where the hitter gets kind of used to their stuff or, you know, they see them a couple times and then, you know, they're not fooled anymore. But, um, you know, it's not something you can cookie cut every pitcher with, you know, you just can't, you can't say I'm not going to allow any of my pitchers to go through the, the lineup three times. You you just can't do it. There's, there's days where we saw it, you know, you, you saw it with Snell in the postseason a couple of years back. He had like 60 pitches through six innings. They took him out. The bullpen blows it uh, in the postseason. And, and, and who knows, he might've gone out there and blown it too, but on any given day, any pitcher, can go nine innings on any given day. Any pitcher can beat any other lineup, and that's just a fact. You know, a stinking A-ball pitcher or high school pitcher on any given day has the ability to go out and do crazy things against the other team. You know um, what's fun? It but is... there's some guys. There's some guys who get better as they go. There just is, and there's some. There's some guys who, when given the the rope uh, to to face that line up a third time through a couple times, you know, in a row, they start getting some serious mojo about it. And they, you know, they, they get better as they go. You just can't cookie cut it. It's just a, it's just a ridiculous idea to think you can. I think it's really fun to watch a guy blossom. Like we're seeing with Dakota Hudson, he's becoming so much more efficient. His tempo is so much better. How much fun is it for you? Because you're there on ground zero and you've watched him since day one. Yeah, it's really fun. We're watching Dakota get back to what he used to do. Um, he got into a habit of working really, really slow, and his delivery was actually really slow, and runners were stealing bases on him. Now if you see his tempo, like you said, and but you see the speed of his delivery, 
you know, he was he was in the, in the big leagues. If you're like 1.3 seconds or below, it's really hard for a runner to steal second. He was like one five, one six, one seven, even a couple of times, and guys were just taking bases left and right. Now he's back into that one three area, and it helps him with his with his delivery too, with the timing of it. The, the delivery, all the delivery is, is a big timing mechanism. And if you're not timed up just right, you're going to be wild. That's why we saw him walking, guys. That's why we saw him, you know, falling into those really deep counts over and over again and working slow and having runners on all the time. And and that's not how Dakota pitches. Dakota used to pitch. He used to work fast. Uh, he used to get those ground balls, keep his defense on, the, on their toes. And that's what we're seeing now. And, and you know, the crazy thing about Dakota is when he throws the ball over the plate, in the strike zone, hitters are hitting like 100 on him. So that's what – I was a part of that conversation when Mike Maddox pulled him aside and like, listen, just throw the ball over the plate. And he's like, I'm trying. And then, so then we got a timing delivery, you know. And so we started thinking about, all right, throw a pitch with – go go 1-1 one, one on this delivery. And then so he would throw it and, you know, and then he would go, all right, go 1-7 like you've been doing. And, and the 1-1 one, one was way better. You know, it was just – it was crisper. It came out corner like on the corner better. It came out – fast and low at the knees when Dakota's at the knees and over the plate good luck trying to hit anything hard Adam when Mike Maddox comes out to the mound we see the claw we see the pat when you're a part of that conversation do you do any sort of pitching coach pat or um you know a physical thing that you do no not at all that's <laughs> very much a dog thing that he's been grandfathered into but most of the time you don't want people touching you no. <laughs> that's probably and, a good point uh, yeah he gets away with it because it's his his skit so you know you let it roll <laughs> totally it's part of the process uh, speaking of fun to watch you said Dakota Hudson is fun to watch Nolan Arnado with just an unbelievable defensive play last night the Jeter jump the throw to third he's incredible and I know you get to see him every day you're aware of how good he is but when he makes a play like that are you even in awe of him as you watch him absolutely if there had been a camera on me last night I think I my jaw dropped and I think I said something like oh my goodness you know because you just don't even see another third baseman attempt that play. You know, it's just such a risky play. If you don't get it out there, you're really hosed. But it's also such an enormous play if you do get the out. Now you just got runners on, on second instead of second and third, or first and second instead of bases loaded, or second and third, and, and one out. And that run's probably going to score. You know, it's going to have a much greater chance to score anyways. And, and uh, getting that out at third, you, you thought, okay, we're going to win this game now. You know, this this game is is uh, is is ours for the taking. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't win. But uh, most of the time, we're going to win that game with that play being made like that. And I would think, as a player, you have to appreciate the fact that Ali Marmol says, "I'm not going to use up Helsley and Gallegos by throwing those guys more pitches now because of the way I used them over the weekend. I'm not going to abuse a Henesis Cabrera." And Tony always used to say, "Sometimes you do your team to protect guys for August and September. You need to take a hit in in May or June, and you just can't use guys up right now, can you?" You can't. You can't. And 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 I think they would have been ready and they would have taken that ball, um, but. Man, Helsley went, what, two and two-thirds the other day, and Cabrera went four innings, and Gio went two or three innings, and and uh, and they've, they've had a lot of appearances, too. It's not like, you know, they've they've just been pitching once a week. So it's, 
every now and then you got to get those last three with somebody else in your bullpen. And Drew Verhagen is is very, very, very talented. He's definitely got the talent to close that game out. He just made one bad pitch, and the guy made a good swing on it. Um, but uh, he was looking sharp until then. Um, but every now and then you got to get those last three with somebody else because we need them closing up games down the stretch, getting those big outs for us in September and October also, not just here in June. Hey, Adam, were you traveling with the club in the playoffs in 05 when Albert hit the home run in Houston? Uh, what a horrible question to ask me. <laughs> I, was the, uh, I was the only player that got sent down. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, but that's one of the turning points of my career. That's, that's a moment that I might write about one day that, uh, that helped spur on my, my change of mindset and, and change of, of heart on how I needed to pitch and how I needed to prepare. And without being sent down right there and missing that dramatic home run, I don't know if I'd be who I am today. So wow. I appreciate it now looking back. The, the reason that I asked is because there was a camera on Andy Pettit when Albert hit that home run. Do you remember? You could read his lips saying, oh, my God, with, uh, yeah, with that home run. That. Oh my God. I can see him saying that right now. It was remarkable. And you always yeah, like to play golf. Friend. Go ahead, Adam. Andy's a great friend, and and, uh, and Andy's never said a cuss word in his life. I don't know if anybody knows that, but um, wow. that's like that's like as intense as he gets. But that was that was a dramatic home run. And, you know, when that happened, I know they ended up winning game six, but when that happens, um, you just think, we got this now. And the other team's like, oh, crap, you know, so – yeah, uh, did you, you guys don't get much of a chance to travel to Tampa? Did you find uh, the best golf courses in in Tampa? Did you hit one? We did. We went out to Innisbrook, um, where they played the Valspar Championship. Um, it was a, a great track, uh, hot. And Florida golf in June, July, and August, the courses are never in this condition uh, that they that they are in like spring and fall. So it wasn't the best condition, um, but you could tell it was a really cool track. And it's got a lot of great history there. Where Arnold Palmer pictures on the wall playing in those tournaments there and stuff. So uh, it was a it was a legendary track. We were glad to get out there and play. I played terrible though. I played absolutely my golf games stinks right now so we'll get it going i guarantee though that uh, the the 300 yard drive is going to be there sunday night for swinging for impact over at top golf in chesterfield oh yeah that's one thing you can count on golf game might stink uh i might be a little incons- inconsistent with my irons and putting right now but one thing you can always count on is that i'm going to hit it far you know it's going to be there so um, I'm going to bring that to the game for sure, to the table for for Top Golf on the 12th. I'm hoping a lot of people show up. We got a lot of teammates, and I'm I'm recruiting a few more guys today. We should have 15 or 16 guys out there, and and uh, some former cards too are going to be surprising uh, people that are going to be there, and we're going to have a good time. But uh, bring your A game. But we're going to go out there and raise a lot of money for for people in need, and and uh, that's the main goal at Big League Impact. But we're going to do it at Top Golf. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. Michelle and I will be there on Sunday night. You can get details at bigleagueimpact.org or 101ESPN.com. And I, I do not. I'm, I'm old, Adam. I, I don't hit at 300. But you probably have a smooth short game and that little bunt down the middle, a little, little baby fade with that smooth short game, and, and that's what I appreciate appreciate about you randy you, you find ways to get it done there's nothing like old man golf adam old man golf i hear you I'm, i'll be there one day 
I'll be there one day. But my, my goal is to, to be the 85-year-old still out driving the 45-year-old. That's my goal. Hey, let me tell you one quick thing before you go. Jim Cott, former Cardinal, going into the Hall of Fame this year, his wife passed away at the age of about 70. He and his wife played every single day down in Florida. She was left, uh, he's left-handed, she was right-handed. Between the ages of 71 and 75, Cott got his right-handed game to the point where on her, what would have been her 75th birthday, he played two balls, he shot 75 left and a 75 right. He's amazing. What does he have? Sixteen gold gloves, too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what took him so long to get into the Hall of Fame? He's got like two hundred and sixty wins with sixteen gold gloves. My goodness, get him in there. Yeah, thank goodness that he's going in because he's totally deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. Adam, uh, that is uh, seventy-five both sides. Though is one of the most impressive things I've heard because uh, if you ever see my left-handed golf swing, it's one of the most pathetic things you could ever. See entire life it's really sad yeah my, my right handed I, I have enough trouble with uh, with my right side i can't hit left handed too but he did it on his 75th birthday too which is amazing amazing yeah hey have a good time down in florida we'll see you guys when you get back home and looking forward to sunday night with swinging for impact thanks for having me on randy michelle talk to y'all later you bet see you later that is the great adam wainwright on 101 espn Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.